what it do y'all it's wiki back at this today we are well right now we're gonna be reading episode two of picasso's promise on a pad written by sumaya allenton sumaya e allenton you can find her account on wattpad at s-u-m-e-y-a-a-l-i-n-g-t-o-n that's maya allenton on wattpad and this is a wiki written reading picasso's promise now on to episode two titled reality check i read an article the other night while looking up information about inner city high schools in Los Angeles that went over the dropout rate at the school I was attending. From what I read, it said 5 out of 10 students at Booker High did not reach graduation. The racial division at the school was another thing I checked on. At my former school, the population was 50% white, 30% Asian, and around 10% Hispanics and African American students. For the first time in my life, I would be going to a school where my race wasn't in the minority population, taking up 60%. This didn't shock me, but the stories my cousin told me over breakfast did. It's not so bad, Isaiah said, munching on a slice of jam and buttered toast. Mama said it was more dangerous when she went there. It was, his mother nodded. My freshman year... There was a gang of girls who were warned who we were warned about, threatening to slash girls' faces with razors on the path to school. Why would they do that? I gasped. To be initiated into the gang, she explained. Last I heard of them girls, one was serving a life sentence in a different state, two got kicked out of the country, and the worst the rest cleaned up they act, started going to church and making families of their own. Some still live in this neighborhood. That all happened when my mama was in high school, which was like a million years ago, Isaiah commented. commented. So I think it might have changed. Swiftly from behind him, his mother slapped the back of his neck. He winced. If you keep yapping this much, you won't finish your breakfast. Hurry, you're going to miss your bus. He murdered, muttered an apology to his mother, scarfing down the bread. Martin strolled in last to the table. Nia, Isaiah, and I were already starting on our breakfast when he walked in with his blue backpack low on his shoulder. He let out a loud yawn, crashing into the empty chair next to me. His mom was at the counter, sipping a cup of coffee while skipping something off her phone. Martin rubbed the inner corner of his eye hard, almost as though he thought he could wipe off the sleepiness from his face. He reached for the cereal box, dropping the hand from his face and began pouring Cheerios into the empty yellow bowl on his placemat. He ducked down going for his backpack that was set on the floor by my feet, but froze, slowly rising to a sitting position. You're not about to wear Balenciaga sneakers to school. What? Why not? Are you stupid? No, no, I'm not, I stammered, 
puzzlement making way on my face. I don't see how that would make me stupid. Neither do I know why I can't. There's a reason why I don't wear any of my nice Jordans to school. I only wear worn out vans. You will get jacked. But Aunt Tina said there's cops and campus security there. That barely stops students from getting robbed. <laughs> he scoffed with a laugh. Go wear something else. Something cheap. Cheap, I laughed. I don't have anything cheap. <sighs> Mom, he sighed. You think you got something she can wear? There's no need. I don't want to. This goes well, so well with my jacket. Well, it isn't going to match your fit once you're barefoot. I'll be fine, I said, smoothing over the material of my black Adidas windbreaker. Some of the things I owned were cheap, but met my standards. There were double white stripes going along the side of my arm and up to my shoulder where the hood was. Booker High had a uniform requirement. Every student had to wear khaki pants or shorts and a navy short sleeve collared shirt that had the school's crest in the upper right corner of the chest. Students were allowed to wear sweaters and jackets over the shirt if they were black, white, blue, or gray. There couldn't be any writing besides the brand name, nor could there be images or sports team printed on the material. Suit yourself, he puffed. When you get robbed, if I get robbed, I corrected, I can't handle myself. He scoffed, <laughs> scooping a spoonful of cereal. Nah, I meant what I said. When you get robbed, don't come crying about it after I warned you. Martin was the second person to cast doubt on to me. First, Picasso, a complete stranger who seemed to act like he could see into the future, and now my very own cousin. I didn't know where they were getting these very extreme scenarios of me falling to my feet to some vicious bully. I had my fair share of mean girls back at my old school. I stood my ground, never letting anyone trample on me, and had proven myself to be a capable person. <laughs> now, okay, I know at the last, um, when I finished reading that last, episode I was raving about how strong she was how I was standing for her now she's starting to sound a little naive you know because <laughs> she's not heeding to his warnings you know I'm, I'm a little worried about shoddy you know confidence is good but you know a lot of it could make you you know stupid hope that's not the case here I hope but I know it's anyways Let's get back to the story. Being quite done with the conversation, I dug into my backpack and put on my wireless headphones. No, Martin snapped. Don't tell me you're taking that thing too. I can't even have these. I have seen with my very own eyes someone have those exact headphones snatched off their head, he recalled. Do you have a wad of cash in there too? I gotta ask, knowing your reckless and clueless decision-making. Hey, go easy on the girl, Antina warned, pointing her finger at him. She don't know no better. Instead of yelling at her ignorance, educate her. All right, Mama Tina, spitting some truth out here. All right, I see you. 
I'll leave these behind, I concluded, squinting backwards out of out from under the table and exiting the kitchen. I returned my headphones to my nightstands. My shoes, though, weren't coming off. There was no way I'd let someone remove them off of me. I'd give a good fight and then run like hell until I reached authorities. Martin excelled, exhaled, rather annoyed when he saw I hadn't taken his advice in ditching the sneakers. I finished up my breakfast, disregarding his second attempt at trying to get me to leave the shoes home. Booker T. W. High was over a century old. I read a banister celebrating the milestone, stretched on the side of the gymnasium. When making the walking from the public transit bus stop to the school, it was a short ride, lasting three stops in total. I saw of uh, I saw a lot of patrons inside the bus, wearing matching uniforms, holding onto the pole and hunching over the seats. Martin stayed behind me, hovering near me like a shadow, and still complaining about my choice of keeping the shoes on. <laughs> A line was forming, leading to the entrance of the school. When we got closer to the front, Martin said this was the security checkpoint and that I had to take off my backpack for a search. I was stunned. I didn't remember reading about this in the article I came across the other night. No one beforehand told me there was this. they were this strict with what went inside the school. A man in neon vest and blue plastic disposable gloves came up to me from across the table, asking for my bag. Complying to the his request, I handed it over. Do you have anything in your pockets? Take those out too. I removed my phone and put it into the gray Rubbermaid tote box, identical to the ones I saw at airports. I walked through the metal detector, holding out my arms. A second man with a handheld metal detector swung the device over my clothes, down my legs, into my feet. You're all clear, he motioned for me to move out the way. I collected my backpack off the table and retrieved my phone, waiting my, for my cousin on the other side. Our homeroom was in the same direction from where he had told me on the bus, and we had calculus together. I was happy to know I wouldn't be alone in every single one of my classes. Regardless of the dispute we had this morning, Martin and I got along. On the first night I arrived to South Central, I was crying hysterically throughout the night, making constant visits to the bathroom for tissues to blow my nose and wipe my eyes. After one particular trip back, I went into my room and found a big box of Kleenex on my bed. I looked at my room, and there stood Martin. He told how sorry he was about my father's death and tried to assure me that things were going to be okay. He didn't wait for a reply. He said what he had, what he wanted to, and then promptly shut the door behind him. Oh, that's so cute. I like Martin right now. Okay, he can me warm feelings. <laughs> Since I moved in with my aunt, Martin was told to room with his younger brother. Nia slept with her mother, and I had my own room, which was formerly his. His mother arranged it that way, saying that I should have my own room to change. From my knowledge, 
He had he hadn't complained about it yet. That's your homeroom, he said, gesturing to the door to my left. I've never had Mr. Ramos, but most people say he's a pretty chill teacher. He's an instructor for economics. Thanks for the help. I hand out I held out the hand map in my hand. It's not so hard to maneuver around this place, is it? Not for most, but for you, it'll take a while, he smirked. My class is down this way. I see you in math for t- third period. Hesitating with my hand touching the doorknob, a swarm of butterflies fluttered at the base of my stomach. Nervously, I peered into the room. There were so many students inside. I was mind-boggled at the 40-plus students roaming around the room. Classes were small in my school, remaining at 24 to 1 ratio with the teacher. You gonna walk in or what? Someone hooted. I jumped back, moving up the path of the girl behind me. She stood well over six feet tall, raking her eyes up me as though I was a nuisance for merely breathing next to her. She popped the green gum in her mouth, throwing the door open. I trailed after her, closing the door and going to the first row of seats. The only row that wasn't taken up entirely by students. There was a boy to the left of me, reading a book with his opposite hand deep inside a bag of flaming hot Cheetos. The bell rang, signaling the beginning of class. Y'all. <laughs> I'm so geeked that it wasn't like a girl eating that flaming hot Cheetos. Because in high school, it's always that one girl, loud as hell, eating flaming hot Cheetos early in the morning before school starts. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all just picture her in y'all head. <laughs> but I'm glad in this story, I don't know, I just I just find it, it tickled me that the author had it not a girl being loud but a boy reading a book you know that's like whatever (laughs) all right back to the story now to my right there was a desk and if it weren't for the loud snoring coming from the teacher's gaping mouth you wouldn't have known there was an adult in the room the class was loud talking amongst themselves about their summer break i expected the teacher to sit up right at the sound of the bell but he didn't flinch. More students funneled in, causing the room to be packed. I wasn't sure if all these students were on the roster, chatting to their friends. It was so loud in the room that I couldn't hear the morning announcements. I was astounded at how the teacher was able to sleep so soundly at his desk until I noticed his earplugs. For a split second, there was a break in the chaos Awakening me to the commotion inside the class, I turned my head at the uproar consuming the room. Picasso! Someone yelled, banging on their desk. That was all it took. A group of boys in the far corner of the room began hitting their desk, hooting at the towering figure at the opening of the room. And the bright lights of the classroom... I could see the detailing of his tattoos more, inked against his light brown skin, than I had the other night. He had a flower, full blossom, on the back of his hand. A barbed wire tattoo looped around his forearm, running up his limp, 
until it disappeared from view because of his letterman jacket. He threw his hands up, greeting his friends with a big smile. I looked away, knowing I'd be compelled to keep watching him from across the room. I couldn't give off the impression that I was some creep this early on in the semester, even if it was for gawking at someone as handsome as him, who was probably used to the stares of admirers. There were plenty of them in the classroom. I thought it was only in movies, but I was wrong. Beautiful boys truly did have a swarm of fans drooling at their every move. It wasn't as though all the girls were piling up in each other desperately trying to get a look at him. Instead, they peeked in the same way I had over at his group of friends, stealing glances at him every now and then. Only the only thing that would stop them would be whenever Picasso looked at them back, causing them to get flustered, looking at the chalkboard, <clears throat> causing them to get flustered, looking at the chalkboard to wash away the sense of embarrassment I was sure they were feeling. He must be popular, I said to the boy next to me. No shit, Sherlock. He pushed his bifocals up his nose. You knew or something? <laughs> Alright, I can't wait to know this guy's name. <laughs> back to the story. <clears throat> yeah, I am. The guy back there is Picasso Hudson. He's the captain of the basketball team, he informed me, pointing right at him. Quite the bold type. He then shifted his finger at the at a girl to the right of Picasso, who was fingering hands through his curls. She was sitting on the desk, and so was he. She had her legs stretched out to him, placing her cows on his thighs. The chick practically on his lap is Genesis Ortiz, head cheerleader and his girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend, a girl behind me nearly shouted, they been broke up. Oh, my mistake. Sorry for not keeping up with the petty gossip at this school. I'm too busy with my own social life to care, he huffed. Anyway, I consider them textbook popularity. I would say so too. Typical, I nodded. People are stupid for idolizing individuals who are simply good at throwing balls into hoops and chanting out letters as if that's somehow a viable skill later in life, he rolled his eyes. I hope you don't hate it here as much as I do. <laughs> I smiled. What's your name, by the way? Jeremiah, he replied, sticking out his hand, but stopped himself when he saw the red Cheeto dust falling off his hands. Sorry, I would shake your hand. <laughs> it's okay, I chuckled. I'm Sydney. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Sydney. Nice to meet you, Sydney. Nice to meet you, too, I countered taking a pause and looking at our teacher. Hey, so do you know if this guy ever wakes up? Mr. Ramos only gets up at the last 10 minutes of class to do roll call. Then he goes right back to sleep. He actually woke up earlier than the last 10 minutes, doing a brief introduction about himself, completed the roll, and went right back to sleep. Jeremiah was accurate on that part. The two of us talked, mostly me asking questions about the school and its dynamic, and Jeremiah giving me sufficient answers that only drove my anxiety up. The stories of kids being robbed were true, and Jeremiah himself made a comment about my shoes. 
How much did they cost? Oh, my dad bought them for me. You don't know? I did a quick search on my phone. Oh, well, it says here this particular shoe model is retailed at over $800. Eight he coughed. That's my rent. You're hearing my rent money on your feet. 800 is nothing for shoes. I spent way more. Correction. Your daddy spent way more, he rectified. What the fuck does he do? Is he a kingpin drug lord? Have I seen him on America's Most Wanted? He's dead. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I didn't think you say that. His voice dropped to a whisper. He was a finance broker. One of the best in California. I didn't let this awkward bump in the road stop the course of the, our dialogue. I assured Jeremiah I wasn't, neg I wasn't negatively affected. How would he have known? He was clueless. It was an innocent mistake. We kept talking until there were only minutes left of class. It would have lasted longer if it weren't for the shadow creeping up the aisle, causing a swell of noise to pick up in the room. Hey, Jeremiah, Picasso said, tapping his shoulder. Is it cool if I take this seat? Yeah, of course. Yes, of course, he agreed, jamming his chips into his backpack. He was out the seat in a heartbeat, making his way for Picasso to take the chair next to me. Naturally, I would feel obligated to tell someone I've never spoken to my name, but you already know it. I do, he mused, sitting in the chair with his legs out to the side, gently bumping his knees into me. He was so tall, he barely fit in the seat in this position. I'm Picasso, I said for him. I know yours too. His full lip cracked into a smile, captivating me with his rich laugh. You been asking about me? My cousin said your name last night, I reminded him. You know, after you kept bothering him about knowing my name. He opened his mouth, but it was interrupted by the overpowering sound of the bell ringing, leading to a swarm of students pushing out their chairs and exiting the classroom. I grabbed my backpack off the floor and throwing it on. I was still seated and so was he. I guess whatever you have to say has got to wait. I chimed, getting to my feet. He got out his seat as well. Wait, hold up. I have English to get to. I can't wait up. This is a good thing though. Trust me, I retorted, touching his chest momentarily as I squeezed past him. Still looking at him, I said, now that gives you more time to come up with some corny pickup lines. Say it to me by lunchtime with the intent to give you my number. But in reality, all it cause is for me to laugh and walk away from your pathetic proposal. I began to walk off, but then turned while at the door. Better yet, save your breath, Picasso. Don't look for me after class. Ooh, mic drop. All right, you know. I'm so proud right now. If y'all can see the biggest smile on my face, I'm so proud of homegirl. Y'all. Okay. <clears throat> I have a smug expression on my lips, sure as sure of myself as I went out the door. And like I suspected, his ex-girlfriend was right outside the door, listening to our conversation and beaming daggers right at me. It was too perfect too obvious to occur.
I saw she was all over him. She took every excuse to touch him. His chest, his hair, his face. She couldn't get enough. I knew that once Picasso walked up to me, that she would be waiting to see what I'd do. We were out of school. Because we had a block schedule, I wasn't able to go to all of my classes on the first day. Despite having homeroom together, I didn't have any other class with Picasso yet. I was praying that I wouldn't see him later on the week in any other room. I waited for Martin near the gates, checking my phone to see if he sent me a text yet. Suddenly, the concert ahead of me went black, shielding the sun from behind me. I couldn't have turned around. I shouldn't have turned around at that point. The girl from my homeroom, standing over six feet something, slapped my phone at my hand. I went down, picking it up and rushing away from her, but ended up ramming right into another girl. Nice shoes, the tall girl com commented. Want to take them off yourself or do you want help? They wouldn't fit you. They don't come in size giant. <laughs> this bitch got jokes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Alright. This bitch got jokes, she snarled. You're a jokester. I'm not a jokester. I'm just Sydney. Basic ass name, Genesis snorted, walking up beside the tall girl. She had a bouncy, lively brown waves tumbling down her back. Her skin was tanned to a golden shade, kissed from the sun. She was fairer in the face, with pouty pink lips and deep and a deep dimple on her left cheek. Genesis was a short girl, making me have to look down at her while I spoke. I felt like a mother, scolding her child. I had to make a comment on her words. She had no room to talk. Yes, because Genesis is such an original name, I rolled my eyes. It's not like it's at the beginning of the 2,000-year-old book that's been read by billions. You so boring. This is whack. Can we just beat her up, Jen? I'm tired of her talkative ass, the tall girl I said. Should I introduce you to sarcasm? I inquired, winning me no laughs. I can see comprehension skills at the school are rather low. Oh, y'all. She is reading them to filth right now, and I am standing for it. Okay. <clears throat> Don't use big ass words like that. Comprehension is a big word for you? Wow. I got, I gave. The SAT is going to be a nightmare for you. I'll keep you in my prayers tonight. I thought we were going to be beat this bitch up, one of their friends asked, impatient with my back and forth with the skyscraper over here. Whoa, you don't need to resort to violence, my tone shifted. I was backed up against a chain link fence, babbling for a sense of mercy. I was kidding around. Now you say you're trying to be nice, Genesis puffed. But before when you were cracking jokes about Yennefer, you weren't. You introduced yourself with wanting to rob me. Sorry for not giving you a more cordial welcoming. Again with these big ass words, Yennefer scoffed. I think I'm going to lose more than my shoes if I keep talking to these dimwits. Daryl were done with me, done with talking to me at least. I was forcibly pressed against the fence, held against my wall by two other girls as, as they yanked my shoes off of me.
They weren't through, though, laughing to themselves as their tallest friend put me over her shoulder and threw me in the dumpster like a rag doll. Crying in pain, I waited in between the bags of black trash and buzzing flies, hearing their footsteps fade away. My back ached, and there was a new scar on my arm, running from elbow to my shoulder. I squeezed at the wound, wincing as the intensity of the pain coursed me like a windstorm all over and all at once. A chill went through me, leaping out the dumpster barefoot and barely able to stand. The heel of my foot had rammed into the door of the dumpster, causing a swelling sensation in my big toe. Martin didn't say anything when he saw me without shoes and smelling like hot garbage. We walked to the bus stop, not talking to each other, until we had reached our destination and were heading to the apartment. Who was it, he asked. Genesis Ortiz and her friends. He didn't reply to what I said. He only nodded. We didn't talk after that. I took a long shower when we got home, tossing my clothes in the, into the hamper in the bathroom. My body didn't feel any better after the hot shower, groaning my way to the kitchen. I got myself a snack and walked into my room. When I opened the door, I saw my Balenciaga shoes, the ones that were taken from me, on my nightstand. Setting my foot down on the bed, I ran to Martin, who was lounging in the living room. How how did you? I stopped. Thank you. However you got them, thank you. I didn't get them back for you, Martin said. Picasso did. He stopped by when you were showering, said he saw you get checked and, conf- and confronted Genesis about it. Dun, dun, dun. That was the end of the episode two. Titled reality check and damn did my girl get a reality check um i mean but martin warned her one and jeremiah warned her too Ooh. so our dear author has neil toll as genesis ortiz and trace samuels as jeremiah williams and let me tell you jeremiah williams is a cute boy yo but um i guess that's sweet of picasso i wonder how i wonder how he's gonna be next time they clash into each other because of course they're gonna clash into each other after this after she dissed him when he came to talk to her he got her shoes back that's sweet you know that's nice but damn did our girl get a reality check for real I expected, though, more of a fight from her since she was talking all that shit. But I like her sarcasm, her fight with words, and how she basically called them dumbasses. (laughs) And they weren't aware. Like, they didn't know what she was saying. I like that. I like that. Although, I did really expect more of a fight from her. You know, from what was from what I read, it wasn't described as a fight. It was just described as they cornered her. Genesis and her group of friends pushed her against a, a 
fence, stole her shoes and threw her in, in the dumpster. Like, that's crazy shit. But I mean, I guess it wouldn't be fight. Uh, it wouldn't be smart to try fighting all of them. When she clearly saw she didn't get the upper hand. But y'all, this is nice. Whether, um, author's note. What are your thoughts so far? I want to know what y'all thought is. Because obviously y'all getting my thoughts while I'm reading out loud. And stopping to make comments and, and whatnot. Let me know what y'all think. Alright y'all. It was an honor. This was episode 2 of Picasso's Promise. Titled. A reality check written by Sumeya Ellington. You can find her on Wattpad at S-U-M-E-Y-A-A-L-I-N-G-T-O-N. Alright, y'all be easy. Until next time. Deuces.